Hi everyone, I'm Jason Scorse and welcome to another episode of Dispatch from the Zombie Apocalypse. Hope everybody is doing great and if you celebrated Thanksgiving that it was happy and healthy and that you did not spread coronavirus around or get it yourselves as uh, it seems millions of our fellow citizens did. <laughs> anyway, the topic of today's episode is a progressive honor code and the impetus for this is now that we know that nearly half of Americans have the zombie virus and the road ahead is going to be tough for many years and many decades into the future and there is likely no path for sustained progress in America in the near term. Instead it's going to be fits and starts with numerous setbacks and zigzagging and no guarantee even that America will ever live up to its promise. We're in a pretty dark moment, despite, you know, Joe Biden's solid victory and many progressive victories in the culture. You know, again, gay marriage legalized, marijuana being legalized around the country. You know, the main progressive cultural issues are finally, uh, you know, prevailing. But we also know that, you know, the main motivation for this almost half of the country of zombies, is to simply anger liberals, right? They have nothing affirmative to offer society. They don't want to build anything. They don't want to build a better America. They have lost the culture wars. And so they just want to spread pain and misery since most of them are living miserable lives. Remember, I have met many, many Trump supporters and I've never met one of them that's happy. So we're talking about a pretty down and out, uh, and large segment of the population that just wants to kind of spread pain and misery and, quote, own the libs. You know, this stupidity that sounds about the level of, uh, you know, kindergarten and the sandbox. So this means that progressives are going to have to remain very tough and steadfast and disciplined. We're going to have to be incredibly disciplined for this tough road ahead. And that is why I think we need some sort of honor code, some sort of kind of guiding principles to keep us disciplined as we plod ahead. Now, again, I want to be clear here. I don't mean this is anything that we need to swear any fealty to or sign our name to. You know, this is this is a loose set of principles, just food for thought for things, you know, to kind of help guide us uh, and also to you know, keep the moral high ground. Now, this is worth a, a few moments on, you know, the Michelle Obama's, you know, famous line, you know, when they go low, we go high. And many people have criticized Michelle Obama about this statement, saying it's kind of naive and it's in line with the naivete of her husband, who really, uh, despite his many successes, you know, helped the right wing grow and uh, didn't really confront it in the hard way that it needed to be confronted. But I do think that many people misread Michelle Obama's exhortation here. 
She wasn't saying that progressives should turn the other cheek and not fight hard, but that we should not debase ourselves as the right wing does on a daily basis, right? That we shouldn't, you know, lower ourselves to their level. And I think on that score, she is right. If we just debase ourselves and lie and cheat and steal as the right wing does, this is going to all fall apart. You know, the, the frail American project is going to fall apart. Right? Our movement and values will only win if we remain on a moral plane that is elevated. Not perfect, not pure, but with good intentions, honesty, and yes, honor. So it's important again to reiterate what the right wing in America is. It's a white grievance cult in the service of the plutocracy. Its overarching goal is to enrich the rich and powerful and keep the apartheid caste system in place. Now, many of the people in the right wing don't realize that that's the goal they're working for, right? They have the zombie virus, they've been lied to, and so steeped in misinformation and ignorance that they might even believe that they're fighting for some form of libertarian paradise or, you know, the they're fighting against the yoke of big government, whatever nonsense they've convinced themselves um, of. But truly what they're fighting for is a caste system, an apartheid system that allows the plutocrats to take ever, ever greater shares of the nation's wealth while everyone else fights for the crumbs, right? So the means for achieving this is that they sow chaos, resentment, and confusion over culture war issues that keep people distracted. So as progressives, if we let the right wing bring us down to their level and argue in the mud about every provocation and idiotic and cruel thing they do, we are playing right into their game. And we can't do that, right? We need to stay focused and disciplined to keep our eyes on the prize and not get sidetracked by the right wing chaos. Now, of course, that's hard to do because they're sowing a lot of chaos and flooding the system with nonsense and bullshit. Right, so after the break, with after this intro, you know, I will lay out the principles that I think will help us achieve this state of mind and purpose to stay focused and disciplined with our eyes on the prize. Because I want to, it don't mean I will. And just because I'm angry, it don't mean I'd kill. And just because she looks good, it don't mean I'd hit it. And just because I'm with it don't mean I'm with it. Just because I make records, don't mean that I'm gassing. Just because I'm rapping, don't mean I chase it. Just because I'm wildin', don't mean I can't stop. I got discipline, baby, and I use it a lot. People, it's something that you should be considering. Things could turn bitter when you don't use discipline. You might wake up the next day upsetting and fear, bugging out, yapping about how the f did I get here? Who the hell is this stranger staring all in my face? Now you're wishing you had positioned yourself in that place. Think just in case you should have took more precaution. A good time can become a nightmare so often like this guy know. Okay, so principle number one in the progressive honor code is commitment to the truth. Right? The right wing lies all day and night. Almost nothing comes out of their mouths that is true. We must be the opposite. We have the facts, the science, and the majorities on our side. We have no need to bend the truth to make our points. So it is tempting sometimes to exaggerate or embellish. Don't do it. Try very hard not to do it. So whatever the issue is, climate change, tax policy, gun rights, 
Only state what you can back up. And note, on principle number two is, is to call bullshit out on our own team. Right? So this means not only do we not lie, we commit to the truth, but we call out bullshit on the progressive side. Right? This shouldn't be the focus of our work, by the way. But if we see progressives saying stupid shit about vaccines or COVID or defunding the police, we should say something. Right? Because again, the, the most of the lies and madness in American society is on the right, but it doesn't mean the left is pure. And we should not be afraid to call out bullshit on our side. You know, the right-wing fever swamp feeds ever crazy, crazier conspiracy theories and lies. We need to self-police so that our side stays grounded in reality. And again, no purity tests. Every side in a complex, multicultural society of hundreds of millions is going to have a little, you know, on the fringe. But we got to do our best to keep our side you know, grounded in reality. This brings me to principle number three, is that we want a society that provides universal benefits for everyone, including our political adversaries, right? So the thing that we want that will help everyone from poor blacks and Latinos in urban areas to poor whites in Appalachia, we want a strong social welfare state for all Americans, regardless of political party or ideology. Our vision will deliver material benefits to all, right? So this is incredibly important, right? Is that, you know, we, what we're putting forward here is not tribal politics, but universal politics. And I think there's something really, really powerful in that, that, you know, we can look the right wing in the face and say, you guys are trying to tear us down. We're trying to build you up. We're trying to provide improvements in your life while you're trying to tear society down. That's a pretty powerful contrast. This leads me to principle number four, which is we all must be willing to sacrifice something to achieve this progressive vision, notably higher taxes, right? So all progressives should look for ways to make the tax system fairer and to tax capital and labor at the same rates to make that fair, to tax billionaires and remove patent monopolies that concentrate wealth. Those are all great. And I support all of those wholeheartedly. However, we all have to put some skin in the game no matter what our income level and wealth, which means we should all be willing to pay higher taxes and fees uh, to get the things we want, right? We have to believe strong enough in the public good that we are willing to put more in to achieve it, right? So as I like to say, I vote for people who are going to raise my taxes to pay for health care for people in Alabama who hate me. And that's okay. That's part of the progressive vision, right? We're not here being transactional like Agent Orange and his minions saying, oh, you're a blue state, so we're not going to give you help. We're only going to help the states that vote for me, right? That kind of transactional authoritarian nonsense, right? I'm actually working to increase my taxes to give benefits to people who despise me. Right? And the reason is because they're Americans too, and they deserve it, and the benefits for one are the benefits for all. Right? And I believe strongly enough in building a strong safety net that I'm okay with making that sacrifice. And what I'm saying is that all progressives have to have skin in the game and be willing to make that type of sacrifice uh, for the, the public good. So after the break, more on progressive power and accountability. 
Okay, so continuing on here. Principle number five. Progressives should use what power they have to maximum impact and forget about political norms. Right, this is because if only progressives care about norms, we are unilaterally disarming in the, in the face of right-wing intransigence and right-wing norm-breaking, right? The right-wing in America has shown that norms are for suckers, right? They blocked Merrick Garland and made up some bullshit about how we shouldn't vote for Supreme Court nominees in, the, in an election year. And then literally six weeks before this election with RBG dead, before her body was even cold, they didn't blink and they nominated this right-wing freak and got her into the highest court in the land. Now, the key point here is they did nothing illegal, but it was unprincipled and it was norm shattering. So progressives shouldn't make the mistake of elevating any norms and considering them some kind of holy writ that must be, you know, um, bowed down to and must be elevated, right? Because then it looks hypocritical when we break them. Instead, we should just be unapologetic about using lawful power for maximal effect. And we should tell the public this in advance. Say, when we get to power, we are going to use every tool available to advance our agenda for workers, public safety, the public good, and sustainability without apology. All right. So the key here is let's not set ourselves up that we honor and revere some kind of these weird old norms that have never been used for good purpose. Right, but just to say, you get us in power and we will use every available opportunity to advance your interests and progressive interests. And this brings me to principle number six, which is, again, to hate right-wing ideology, but not the right-wing individuals. Now, I want to be clear here. This comes with a little asterisk, a little caveat. There are some right-wing individuals, the Mitch McConnells, the Lindsey Grahams, the Samuel Alitos of the world, who are so evil and despicable that they deserve our, our, our ire. But most right-wingers are as much victims as they are perpetrators, and they have the zombie virus of rage and ignorance that is leading them down this dark path. So look, nobody should ever be considered irredeemable, and we should focus on the corrupt ideologies and not the individuals who vote for them. But again, the caveat here is that we should be merciless in our critiques of the ringleaders of this right-wing movement and also prosecute their crimes to the fullest extent of the law with prejudice, right? So again, the day that Donald Trump is a public citizen and no more, no longer shielded by the presidency, I hope that he is indicted on every single criminal count that is possible and that is within the law, right? So this isn't personal vendetta. This is the nobody is above the law and the right wing that flouts the law and just is corrupt to the core. They will continue getting more and more corrupt and lawless unless they are held to account. You know, Donald Trump going bankrupt and going to jail will show people that this is not a game, that just because you're a, a white plutocrat, you're not above the law. So this brings me to principle number seven. Uh, which is admit when the other side is right or has done a good thing, right? So as much as I hate the right-wing ideology and I hate the Mitch McConnells and the Samuel Alitos of the world and the Clarence Thomases, I mean, these just right-wing extremist plutocratic idiots 
who, I mean, are really deserving of the highest dis- disapprobation in the world. That All that being said, I was happy to say that George Bush's billions to help Africans dying of AIDS was good policy. And even Agent Orange, even President Trump, his first step act that he signed into law with a bipartisan majority was a good bill. So I'm happy to say when the right wing does something good. It is rare, but I am happy to say it and to celebrate it. Right, and, and those of us on the progressive side who can do this shows that we care about substance and not tribalism. That we want good outcomes, not simply winning political fights. That's what having our eyes on the prize means. The prize is focusing on what matters. Policies that improve people's lives and the quality of life on the planet. Everything else is a horse race. It's largely irrelevant and trivial. So this finally brings me to principle number eight. Keep it simple and keep it focused on values. The progressive movement is incredibly diverse and there are so many issues in America that need attention that it would be impossible to come up with a bumper sticker for the progressive movement that everyone could agree on. But we must agree to focus our messages and make them simpler. The right wing just runs circles around us with their simple, simple messaging. Right? We need a simple message. And like I said above, our simple message could be protecting workers, the public good, and, envi- and the environment. It could be that simple. Even that, though, is probably too wordy, but at least it's a start. More important, though, than the actual outcomes that we're aiming for is the, is the values that we want to emphasize. And these values need to be universal values of fairness, justice, equality, human rights, Right, We are the moral party, and yet we have let religious extremists and bigots box us into a quarter. Right? It's up to us to break free, to free ourselves, and demonstrate that what we stand for is worth fighting for. So I could go on and on and provide more details, and I'm sure many of you could as well. But you get the point. Right? We need integrity, honesty, confidence, and to keep it simple. Right, to focus on values and always say that we're fighting for justice and fairness and that everybody gets equal opportunity and a, and a fair shake in American society. That's what the progressive movement should be associated with. So even if we, our issues are really diverse from student loans to health care to climate change to criminal justice, right? it's too long a list for people to, um, you know, to memorize or to associate with. If they can associate progressives with fairness and justice, we've done our work and we are, are, are ready for success. So after the break, I'll come back with the antidote. Okay, so the antidote is going to be short and sweet and the same for the next couple episodes, which is Georgia, Georgia, Georgia. We have the opportunity to win two really important Senate races there that will create a 50-50 split in the Senate and allow the Democrats to control the agenda. It's important to remember, right, these Senate seats are good for six years. So if we lose these seats, 
We can't even make them back in 2024. We have to wait till 2026. Whereas if we win them, we don't have to defend them in 2024, but we have them all the way through 2026. So this is important. So give money to the candidates and volunteer your time if you can. I'm writing postcards, I'm donating money, and I'm going to do phone banking, right? Early voting in Georgia starts on December 14th. So you got plenty of time. Just Google Georgia Senate races, act blue, move on. There's plenty of ways where you can get linked into volunteering and giving money. That's the key right now until that those Senate races are decided on January 5th. So with that, everybody, I hope you're enjoying the podcast. If you are, please rate it, uh, share it with your family, friends, and colleagues. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify. And with that, everybody, I hope you have a great rest of the week. Stay safe. Take care.